Wild Missions original podcast. Mongolia, an epic expanse of rolling grasslands, unforgiving desert, and rugged mountains. It's also home to one of the more unusual wildcats on this planet, Palace's cat, or the Manul. Since 2020, it's been listed as least concern in the IUCN red list. But if we look deeper, it's quickly evident that we do need to be concerned about the Palace's cat, particularly in Mongolia. Today, we'll meet the Italian scientist on the ground who's using innovative camera trapping techniques to discover the real story of the Palace's cat in the wilds of Mongolia. I'm Andy Vavil, and this is Cats of the Wild, episode 26, The Wilds of Mongolia. Hi, I'm Claudio Guillago. Claudio is Italian. But his story in Mongolia starts with his now wife, Choikand. She's Mongolian and they met in the UK whilst they were both studying their masters. I did a master about convention related to environment protection, specifically about the CITES, which is the Convention of Washington, about the international trade of endangered species. So my wife was also attending the master. Then we spent like three years in the UK because I was working also as a scientific technical support for uh, the representative of European Union about that convention, the scientists. So I was free because uh, basically it was an online investigation. So I can work from Palermo as well, from Sydney as well, from the UK, wherever I want. And then uh, I was in the UK because uh, try to, to improve a little my English because that time, now it's bad, and that time it was zero, so you think. <laughs> and then uh, she was doing a PhD in Leicester, in the UK, and then I just thought uh, to stay there, I moved to Mongolia. I was actually interested to go to Mongolia, just asking her, how is Mongolian? So she finished the PhD, okay, let's go. Mongolia is sandwiched between China and Russia and is the world's most sparsely populated sovereign nation. If you travel to Mongolia, you'll likely travel through Ulaanbaatar, the capital, with air connections across Asia and railways to both China and Russia. So it was 2011. I spent a few days in Ulaanbaatar, three or four days, and then went to Deshiv. was a really unbelievable. It is really something different than any other place in the world, I guess. I don't know, maybe Kazakhstan, but already is more populated and more, more infrastructure compared with Mongolia. After you are out of Ulaanbaatar, began something like another planet, another planet, another time. And then, of course, it was very hard with the food. I come from Italy specifically Sicily, which is the richest food in Italy. 
and then we began to Rongonia, which is like the only meat and flour, flour and meat, and uh, matum generally, but <laughs> also very strong. I think it was end of May, and I was uh, at the beginning of Bobby Desert, the northern edge, and uh, one day it was snowing. Like wind is snowing, cold like crazy. The car was broken, impossible to find a piece in the countryside. And then I remember uh, they get that piece from a motorcycle, was smaller. They put some iron in the middle, plant to make it larger and put it in. <laughs> so the, the point I understood is that somehow whatever happened in Mongolia would be solved. Moving to a new country is a difficult experience. And it wasn't long before Claudio was working in the field as a conservation biologist. In the time I saw that Palascat was really at least unknown. Because uh, even though for many years was the Manul working group. Manul is the Russian name for the Palace's cat. People more or less interested in this species was the Piga, which is the Palascat International Conservation Alliance. But still, uh, when I try to find some information about Alaska, basically don't find anything except few studies, nothing about the population estimation, the density. So if you visit the IUCN Redlist website at redlist.org, you can search for the palace's cat, and there you can read the assessment in detail. You still find that only few capture can be done by mean of camera trappings, because uh, in a season uh, you may have uh, maybe three, four captures in a season, no more than that, so any accurate estimation, rigorous estimation is impossible for each population. Like it or not though, an accurate population estimation of the palace's cat is super important. Not only does it impact how they assess on the red list, but that then informs how projects and research gets funded. So Claudio wanted to re-examine how camera trapping had been done in the past and find a better way that would create more accurate population and density estimations. The first time I approached the Balascat was in my study area. I did already in 2017 uh, work in that area, but uh, as usual with the camera trapping, putting the camera in the main trail, uh, hoping someone passed or at the most in the marking side. But generally, the marking side, we're looking for large cameras, like a wolf. So what happened is that time I did the same. I had only two capture on 25 uh, camera trap sites. He knew these camera traps worked for snow leopards. If you have a look online, there are some incredible camera trap photos of snow leopards. But to get camera trap photos of the palace's cat, Claudio had to start thinking like one. So, which marking side we can use? So, thinking that there is full of huge raptors in that area, really full. I said, okay, from the sky, he can be scared. From the land, it's still dangerous because there is quite a big fox, best wolf, dog, human. So, just imagine you're a palace's cat right now. You're under threat from the sky. There's wolves, foxes, large dogs, people. Where would you go to mark your territory? So I say, simply, the marking side must be under shelter, probably. 
and actually starting looking under the shelter. Yeah, sometimes it's easy because you find the isolated big rock. See where there is a hole in that uh, 300 meter square? That's it. And then you find. Sometimes it's more difficult because there is a mountain, huge cave. So just looking shelter by shelter, and sometimes you find full of scats of fox or cats. And okay, this is perfect. So there is also the advantage when you put the camera traps under this shelter. Generally, there is only one entrance. They get in, mark, and get out. So in the same 25 sites as before, in the same period, and with the same effort, we got 48. Don't forget that before, it was only three to four detections. We got 48 independent detection of Malaskat. Just the change in the position of the camera, basically. And we were able to do the first rigorous population estimation of the species in, in one area. There's a lot of science behind camera trapping, and the technique that Claudio uses for rigorous population estimates is... Capture, recapture. That's capture, recapture. Using camera traps, you first have to capture an image of the animal. Then, you need to be able to identify that individual animal. So, for the palace cat, they have unique markings on the top of their heads. Then, finally, recapture is capturing another image of that exact same animal a second time. So, let's say you place camera traps out and capture 20 individual palaces cats. You take note of their individual markings, and then later, you place those camera traps out again for the same time period but this time you only capture 18 individual palace cats. Now, if 16 of those cats were in the first group of 20, the population size is quite small. But if only two of those cats were in the first group of 20, you'd probably be quite excited as the estimated population is obviously a lot bigger. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the math and science of population estimation using camera traps. And Claudio uses further techniques to improve the accuracy of these estimations. Generally, the population, for instance, making with the sign survey, or even with the capture recapture, are generally overestimated. Because what happens is that maybe you have one male in a season when they move a lot and leave tracks everywhere. So you got overestimate the population. And that often happens also that you sample a too small area in the area where you have more signs, because maybe you know that the Malaskat is there, so put a density of camera in that side, and basically you sample only the small zone, but which is the best. So when you extrapolate for 1,000 kilometers square, where you may find that 10 times get less than that area, you make an overestimation, because you say, oh, no, that, that 10 kilometers far, is the same of, of there, but it's not. They have uh, a low density. In fact, uh, with this number, they happen the same. And now there is uh, an argument expert panel that decided that the uh, minimum should be the same 500 kilometers square. Because if you sample less than 100 kilometers square, luckily you will have that problem. We're diving a bit deeper into the maths now. But Claudio then applies a function for non-Euclidean distance. 
Euclidean distance and geometry is basically what we all learnt at school. Lines and angles in a perfect, flat, 2D world. But our world is 3D. And that's why we have non-Euclidean distance measurement. There is a special parameter. So one of these parameters is the detection probability, which is a function of the distance of the activity center of the population that the model itself established according to the capture recapture. That's the capture recapture model we just talked about. And the distance between the center of the population and the detector. In our case, the camera traps. So if you have camera traps one kilometer far from the center of the population, and in the middle there is a lake that is another 10 kilometers on the side, and another point in the opposite side, two kilometers, but in the middle there is a, a good, good rugged mountain, which is perfect for cats moving. The model will tell you, no, you have better probability that one one kilometer, because it doesn't count that there is a lake in the middle. So now with this function, you can decide to set this parameter according to the ecological variable you decide. When estimating the population of the palace's cat this way, Claudio found that the estimates were generally lower than before. I don't like the criteria of uh, IUCN because they are too generic and very careless about the data deficiencies. Because they say, okay, since uh, the palace cat has a huge distribution, that's how it's least concerned. But actually, never take into account the naturally lower density of the cat, which itself is a problem, because if you remove a population, you remove this bridge, the, the two opposite populations will not contact each other anymore. This is the concept of a metapopulation, a regional group of connected populations of a species. And it's that connection that's really important, as it ensures genetic diversity within that metapopulation. So if one of those populations is removed, you break that connection. This part that is generally for lynx or for any species that has a low density should be taken into account. Palasquet, first of all, there is no accurate population has been estimated, except that one we did there. Basically, they did the Palasquet downlisted from near treatment to list consent, just because it's known that it is across its historical distribution range. So that's enough to put this concept. For me, it's not enough. You think that in Mongolia, as well as across the Central Asia, the cashmere trade is now a huge market. Sometimes the first, sometimes the second after mining uh, mineral extraction. It's this growth of agriculture and livestock in Mongolia that impacts species like the palace's cat. Overgrazing of land combined with rising temperatures across Mongolia dramatically increases the population of a native rodent, Brant's vole. It's one of the fastest reproducing mammals in the world, with the females able to give birth to over 30 young per year. After 100 kilometers from Ulaanbaatar, the road starts to be full of this uh, crash of Brant's vole in the public road. Then we get out, you see jumping rodents everywhere on the road, on the side billions probably, 400 kilometers. And then of course, when they come like this, nothing is kept around because they eat everything. All of them die all together after a certain point because of course there is no food. And there is a lot of uh, 
ecological problem for this overgrazing. Brant's vole is an important prey species for the palace cat. And sure, in these outbreaks, it's a buffet for them. But over time, this continual overgrazing reduces suitable habitats for the palace's cat. Efforts to control vole outbreaks using techniques such as poisoning also inadvertently poisons other mammals across Mongolia. The abundance of livestock has also increased the amount of shepherd and feral dogs that can prey on the palace's cat. In Mongolia, they have basically almost only the bankar, which is the Mongolian race of dog. The short mouth, the head is quite rounded, the color is that one. The Bankar isn't a breed of dog, it's actually a land race, which is a domesticated species of animal that has evolved over time in a natural and cultural environment. The Bankar has been a part of the nomadic lifestyles of Mongolia for millennia, and these dogs are thought to be of the same spirit as humans. For a shepherd dog, instead, we found that it is quite a problem. Because when you see something, the color is like a dog, but for instance, the head looks like a wolf. Already, if you say, okay, that's a dog genetically, but probably he has some introversion for wolf. Sometimes they say last year I saw was a mother with the cat in that hole, and then the day later I saw the dog ranging around, and then after that was not no cabs and no cat, so for sure they died. When I was researching Claudio's work, I saw an interview in which he talked about finding the carcass of a leopard cat in Mongolia. Now to date, leopard cats aren't found in Mongolia, so I had to ask him on whether they had found any evidence yet of a live leopard cat. Currently, we hope that the camera are in the healthy forest. We set it last April, and we will retrieve the camera at the beginning of October. So we left and attended that. In October, immediately, I will search. <laughs> I will not wait one month, one day, one hour, nothing. Take the camera, immediately search. And we will see, that will be very interesting because the leopard cat, the closest documented point where was assessed the present is in Manchuria, out of Mongolia, and the straight line is a thousand hundred kilometers from the point where we put the camera and was found the carcass in 2007. So it means it didn't follow the straight line, but then probably went through Russia, uh, southern Siberia, the taiga, followed the taiga. And then there is, uh, if you look at them in Google Earth, you see tongue of uh, forest coming uh, almost until Lombarda from Russia. So we think that uh, probably we missed the 100,000 kilometers square of, of uh, distribution of the species, which is interesting because the species is considered uh, almost tropical. Whilst wildlife initiatives started in Mongolia, it now has offices and research projects in Guatemala, Namibia, and Congo. What do you want to do in a place like Congo is uh, try to mapping a letter study the large mammals, mainly elephant and leopard, outside protected area. I think that is more needed, even because species like elephant, often even leopard, has own range, often broader than protected area. The area maybe is a thousand kilometer and they have a whole range of 5,000 kilometers. So that's always a problem. And we are finding where they are and where there is a conflict for both elephant and leopard. Uh, but in that way, as usually we do, 
because we like the community ecosystem approach. Instead, in Guatemala, we are going to study a place, which is also quite unique and totally unknown. But I can tell you, you try to search Guatemala, fauna, even the Spanish, nothing. You are not to find anything, zero. Not even the scientific paper, zero. There's this area in Guatemala that Claudio has his sights set on. It's a volcano at the start of the Andes Mountains, near the border of Mexico, surrounded by agricultural land. But there's this special forest around 55 square kilometers between the volcano and the agricultural land where no one goes. It's untouched. So, since it's a very special, I'm mountain tropical forest, we will try always with camera and trapping and live trapping. With the, for micro mammals, we use the live trapping that later we will release. We will try to understand the first what is there. After that, try to give a little value to the place and we will see what will come out. I expect some surprise since no one knows. Underpinning all the projects that Claudio and Wildlife Initiative work on is a solid scientific approach. And it's this that Claudio attributes to the success of Wildlife Initiative. There is this area, there is this method, we apply this method, and let's see what comes out. After the result, I give my opinion and my interpretation. That is the point, which unfortunately is not very trendy, but me and my team use only that way. That's why we are quite specialized in camera trapping, because in the place where I go, often without the logistics, basically, like Mongolia, so the camera trapping is absolutely the best method to find the data of that species and generally also good about the data that allow you to make your inference. That's the point. Hi, I'm Claudio Guillaro, Executive Director of the International NGO Wildlife Initiative, which is based in Mongolia and Italy and the Democratic Republic of Congo, but also operating in Namibia and Guatemala. If you want to know more about uh, our project, please visit wildlifeinitiative.org and follow us in the social. Big thank you to Claudio from Wildlife Initiative for his time. Please visit wildlifeinitiative.org to learn more and to support. And if you want to see some videos or even a full-length documentary of the Palaces Cat, we've curated a small collection over at wildmissions.com. Cats the Wild is created by me, Andy Bavel. Theme music is by Score Squad. Other music and sound effects from Envato.